is Diagnosis Glaucoma with your hosts, Dr. Mona Colleen and Dr. Harry Quigley. Greetings. We're proud to announce that this is Diagnosis Glaucoma's first birthday. We wanted to thank all of you for your support over the last year. We've received many wonderful emails with questions and comments, and in fact, today's topic is a request from one of our listeners who developed a type of a glaucoma after an eye trauma. Harry, what are some common traumas of the eyes that you've seen in your career? Well, the medical term trauma means what normally we say in lay terms is an injury. And you probably won't be surprised to hear that among the most common causes of things that hit the eye are BBs. And in terms of BB guns, it's usually the bigger brother shooting the little brother. And he always swears that he wasn't aiming at him. For adults, it's bungee cord springbacks. You're putting something on top of your car. You put the bungee hook on one side. You pull it all the way over to the other side. And while you're fiddling with it, it comes loose from the other side and comes flying across the car and hits you. And those are particularly bad injuries that do a lot of damage. In the past, champagne corks that are aimed at the person instead of away from you were a common thing. And every year around 4th of July, there's the fireworks thing. I think there's one more thing. A person whose battery is frozen in the wintertime and they try to use a torch on it and it explodes. That's one that we've seen multiple times. And that one's particularly bad because not only is the physical force of things hitting, but it's also the acid from the battery. I wanted to add to that list any kind of a ball, so like a tennis ball, a ball that is used for racquetball. I'll tell you, as an avid tennis player myself, I have seen injuries occur on the court, and I do recommend wearing some kind of eye protection. That's particularly true if you have just one good eye. So everybody who's had something wrong with one eye, or if you were born really with only one much better eye, it's a great idea to get sport goggles to wear for any time you're there. And the smaller the ball, the more likely it is going to be to fit between the bones and hit the eye directly. For example, a soccer ball rarely hits the eye. It'll give you a heck of a bruise on your face, give you a concussion, but it won't hit your eyeball. But a golf ball, lacrosse ball, squash ball. Those are all ones that fit very nicely, unfortunately, between the upper bone and the lower bone that are around your eye and hit the eyeball directly. I've taken a tennis ball in the face and not actually wound up with an eye injury, but I had a very nice laceration. Some of the potential consequences of an eye injury include things like the lens in your eye dislocating. Also, something could happen where you can't see at close very well. That's called accommodation, so decrease in accommodation due to trauma of one of the muscles in the eye. A retinal detachment, where the inner wall of the eye sloughs off. Also, something called a macular hole, where the central part of your eye, where the central vision is, can develop a hole where there's fluid or blood accumulation, and that can decrease your central vision. And in every one of these, there's bleeding in the eye, almost always. And the term for that is hyphema. Chronic glaucoma is not common, but certainly after any one of these injuries, an acute elevation in your eye pressure or even a brief or short elevation in your eye pressure can occur. 
And even though it might not be a very long period of elevation, it needs to be treated because it can cause long-term damage, even if it's, again, just for a short period of time. The thing that scares people the most is seeing that the white part of their eye is red. And so that usually will bring them in to tell us, oh, well, I'm wondering, you know, did I injure my eye badly? But the important thing to do is to cover your other eye and see if your vision is blurred. And if you got hit, but your vision is crystal clear, it may still be worthwhile getting examined, but it's a pretty good sign if you can see pretty clearly. But the cornea can be scratched when something hits it, and that's both painful and causes blurry vision, but usually those heal very well, but they need to have an examination to be sure that you don't need to have some sort of medication. And it doesn't matter what age you are, people of all ages can get glaucoma as a result of an eye injury. So as Harry mentioned, please get your eyes examined if you've had any kind of a trauma. Well, in terms of how glaucoma can occur from an eye injury, there are direct and indirect causes. Some of the things that can happen are there can be a split in one of the glands that helps to produce the fluid in the eye or a detachment. Fluid can shift in the back of the eye. Also, inflammatory cells or blood cell particles can lodge in the drainage system of the eye, which is called the trabecular meshwork. We've done a podcast before about the angle and about the trabecular meshwork. It's this delicate structure, and when the eye gets hit, there's a tearing of things on the inside of the eye, and that can lead both suddenly for the first days after the injury or indefinitely to an injury such that water can't get out of the eye normally, And that's what would intensify the likelihood that you get a long-term pressure higher than normal type of glaucoma. So it's primarily damage that occurs to the drainage system of the eye as a result of one of these other things that we're talking about. Another thing that can happen with an eye injury is the formation of a cataract or the lens of your eye dislocating. And that can cause a closure of the angle, the drainage system of the eye, and subsequently a glaucoma That generally requires a surgery urgently to remove the cataracts or the lens of your eye. When there's bleeding in the eye, too, if you happen to be somebody who has sickle cell disease, that can lead these sickled cells to have much more difficulty getting out of the eye and to have a higher pressure in the eye. So if you're somebody who has the sickle cell disease and has an eye injury, it's even more important to get the eye examined and followed closely. So, Harry, if a person has blood that accumulates in the front of their eye and their pressure starts to go up, what are some treatments? Well, first, the blood can get out by itself. So the first treatment is to see if it will resolve and go away. And believe it or not, the red blood cells, when they're fresh, are very flexible. They're like little balls of Play-Doh, and they can worm their way through very small holes. But once they've been there for a while, they become more rigid. They lose their red color and become ghosts of themselves. And so we call it ghost cell glaucoma. And so the blood cells themselves, if there's tons of them that can't get out, they can directly block things. Or if they've been there for a while and they sit as a reservoir within the eye, they can slowly block things up by becoming ghost cells. And in fact, in some of my training early on, we simulated this 
in the laboratory in order to study ghost cell glaucoma. Can medications also help to remove the blood? Well, we certainly give medication. We give anti-inflammatory eye drops. We give drops that dilate the pupil, but it isn't their dilating the pupil action that's important. It's allowing the red blood cells to get out of the trabecular meshwork faster due to giving those drugs that have red tops on the bottle. So that's why you'd know it was that kind of an agent. So for people who develop these acute eye pressure elevations and need to be treated either surgically or medically, what do you think their long-term risk is of getting glaucoma? It depends very much on the degree of the injury in the first place. When this has been studied over time and you have, let's say, 100 people who have an injury with bleeding in the eye from a direct trauma to the eye, among those 100 people, the risk is really pretty low in the long term overall because our eye can heal well and adjust to such things, especially because a lot of the injuries are done to people who are younger. But if the injury is more severe, if there's more tearing of structures inside the eye, if there's more bleeding inside the eye, if the lens of the eye is dislocated, those all indicate an injury that's much more severe and might be a higher risk as 50-50 that somebody's going to get long-term damage. But overall, the risk from just a simple bleeding trauma in the eye is only about 5%, that there'll be a long-term need for eye drop treatment for glaucoma. And is there a risk to a patient's other eye that hasn't had any trauma? Well, that's an interesting thing. Some years ago, the senior doctors who were studying trauma to the right eye began noticing that people who had trauma and they developed long-term glaucoma were developing regular old garden variety open angle glaucoma in the other eye at a rate that was somewhat higher than was expected. And I think what we learned was that if you just have an injury, your chance is pretty good of not getting long-term glaucoma. But if you have a tendency in both eyes that you were later going to develop glaucoma, having the injury on top of it leads there to be a much greater chance that the injured eye is going to get glaucoma. And also, it means that your eye doctor shouldn't just be watching the eye that had the injury. They have to be watching the other eye as well. So it sounds like what you're saying is that people with these types of eye traumas are actually considered glaucoma suspects and should continue to be followed at least once a year. Absolutely. All right, good. So we talked about bleeding that can occur in the eye and damage to the drainage system and how we can treat sometimes with medications or observation or surgery. But are there certain kind of medications that we should avoid in those with eye traumas? Well, I mentioned the sickle cell disease people, and I'll bet that's what you're leading to, isn't it? That if we normally, when there's very high pressure, we sometimes for a short period give someone a pill called Diamox or acetazolamide. That particular drug is a great drug for lowering the pressure in the eye and can get us out of acutely needing to do surgery. But in persons who have sickle cell disease, we avoid using that drug because the effect the drug has on the inside of the eye makes the inside of the eye more acid. And that makes it more likely that these sickled cells were going to form up as sickles that don't get out of the eye. So that's one thing we would avoid. Can you think of any others? I don't know that I can. I did want to mention that if you don't know whether you have sickle cell disease or the trait, you can get a test in a lab. So let's say that unfortunately you do have an eye trauma and you do need to be treated with an eye drop to get your eye pressure down. 
you should have the doctor who's treating you send you for a sickle cell prep to check that before initiating any of these medications, just in case one of them could have the effect that Harry was just talking about. And for the audience who may not know, this is mainly African-Americans or African-derived persons who have this particular trait. Okay, so now moving away from the blood accumulation in the eye, we should also address things like retinal detachment or a macular hole. Those conditions can be treated with a surgery done by a retina specialist. Yeah, I think the biggest change over the years that I've been in practice was we saw injuries when I was first trained where we simply had to give up. There wasn't any way to fix things on the inside of the eye. And now the really elegant techniques that are available to treat injury mean that an awful lot of these eyes can be salvaged and put back into useful shape again. Okay, so some points to send you away with. Number one, wear safety glasses when you're doing any kind of sports or any adventurous activity like bungee jumping, skydiving, anything else you want to mention, Harry? Yeah, don't give your kid a BB gun. And if anyone in the family has guns, make sure everyone is very well trained in terms of how to use them and that they are locked in a way that youngsters can't get at them. On New Year's and other occasions when you're opening a champagne bottle, for goodness sake, aim the thing at your brother-in-law and not at your own eye so that you won't get injured. And all you have to do is put a towel over the top of the cork and it can't get you as you're taking the top off. Those are some of the things. Are we going to plug the audio version of our book, Glaucoma, What Every Patient Should Know? Yes, that's a great point. So we have a book coming out in a few months on audio. You can find the written version of that on our website, www.diagnosisglaucoma.com or on Amazon where it can be purchased. But as Harry just mentioned, we do have an audio version of the book coming out in the spring of 2021. And it will be available for free on our website. Thanks again for joining us over the last year. Keep emailing us your questions and comments. Again, our email address is diagnosisglaucoma at gmail.com. Thank you for joining us. Until next time, your mom says take your drops.